Welcome to the Gensler Design Podcast. The Gensler Design Podcast creates a dialogue between design experts, creative trendsetters, and thought leaders to discuss how we can shape the future of cities through the power of design. I'm your host, David Calkins, the Regional Managing Principal of Gensler Asia Pacific and Middle East. Today, we'd like to discuss the future of hospitality design and how the industry has gone about regaining consumer trust, along with the even more important theme of adapting to the shifting values of their future customers. What role can design play in positively reshaping hotels? How can design promote health and well-being of guests? Can we identify new approaches to wellness and sustainability in hospitality settings? With us today is Diane Thorson, Gensler's Middle East and Asia-Pacific Hospitality Practice Area Leader and Design Director. Diane, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hi, David. This is going to be an interesting conversation, and thanks for having me today. You bet. It's great to have you. So before we begin, can you tell our listeners about your role at Gensler? Yes, well, I lead the hospitality practice area for our region. And if you think about how much we used to travel for business and leisure, or how you and I would combine them and how little we've traveled because of this pandemic. So it's really extraordinary how much pent-up demand there is, even just within Gensler. So this is really great for the hotel industry, right? The pandemic has really created some amazing design challenges, which you and I are going to have a discussion around, and how we can actually, as Gensler, partner with operators and owners to solve these kinds of issues like social distancing, the increased cleaning standards that we've needed to look at, food and beverage offerings, guest rooms. But even given these challenges, hospitality has really demonstrated enormous agility and resilience and totally embraced this change, which in turn has resulted in new design approaches for us. It is an exciting time, so let's get right into it, Di. Um, So first, I'd like to ask you about this whole um, shifting landscape of hospitality and in terms of uh, architecture and design. You know, first of all, we need to think a little bit out of the box to foster reinvention. You know, the concept of being truly local, especially for us as a region, all the different cultures that we have, instead of this property mantra of location, 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 you know, it's really one of the most fundamental elements, I believe, for the future of hotel design. And, you know, if you look at hotels have really been reinventing themselves as part of the neighborhood long before COVID. Uh, You know, an example of what we've done at Gensler, Citizen M, which I think is such an exciting development You know, they're a group that introduced this vibrant community concept where we're all citizens. And this completely has re-energized the neighborhoods like the Seattle and I stayed in the one in in London. It really gives this feel of affordable luxury for the contemporary uh, traveler. And it's totally redefined the guest experience in the way that the spaces are used, including the public spaces. So, you know, this is a brand that I think positions itself to focus on really simple but beautifully created spaces that fit the needs of the guests. And because of that kind of interaction and people connecting within these social spaces, which is what we're all craving, the surrounding city and and the neighborhood is really enhanced by that. 
The other thing that I think is really fantastic about this hotel concept that we created is this modular construction, because we know that hotels are very labor intensive and the materials are not always sustainable. But I guess we'll get onto that, right, a little bit later. We will. We're going to get into sustainability uh, at a much uh, deeper level. But uh, for now, you mentioned that we're going to start traveling. And in fact, when we do start traveling for business, what's going to be new for us? What, uh, what's new for business travelers? Work and business opportunities have really got an important role to play in this because there's such a connection between how we work and how we live and how we play and this concept of leisure that we've spoken about so often. So rather than being a home from home, Hotels have really got this amazing opportunity, again, through good design and viewing vistas to provide a change from the traditional working from home that we've all experienced. And I think we're all tired of that. Uh, companies that have looked at hiring hotel rooms as, as workspaces. So, you know, we think, why is this? What, as we as designers, what can we do with this information? And why is it that people are choosing to work in hotel spaces? And I think it's a feeling of being relaxed. You know, the design ambience within hotel rooms or in hotel spaces, even public spaces, is very curated and it's crafted. And we know how much space influences our mood. And I think this is really going to drive a lot of the changes. So a lot of the time when I'm traveling for business, I'm by myself. And, uh, how are hotels thinking of taking better care of solo travelers? Yeah, the solo traveler, well, you know, I think it's a choice. The solo traveler embraces that time alone. They can be quite comfortable with that notion. But you're right, you know, we do need to make an effort to make them feel really comfortable and break down the barriers between hotel staff and the guests. So if we look at how this impacts design, you know, the design choice was created to make people feel very much at home in a more informal kind of atmosphere. So this design process and design concept, along with that less stark divide between the guests and the locals coming in to visit the hotel, I think that's really what we're looking for. We often see our briefs now creating a home-from-home experiences being at the forefront as designers, we often look at how we can actually embrace and take cues from the places that we've traveled to. You know, it might be that we've photographed a particular chair or a, a, an extraordinary floor finish, something that actually speaks to the, the local element. And how can we take that back with us? Because it's been such a memorable experience to include this in our homes. As a result of this kind of design approach, we've seen branded residents have started emerging, which is another really exciting development. So before the pandemic, I, I traveled a lot through the region, um, all across Asia. And when I was traveling, I would take advantage of looking for unique hotel experiences. Are more people looking for that these days or will they be? Yeah, you're quite right, David. You know, I would say that many of the hotels now have recognized that there's an opportunity to differentiate their brand by creating something, you know, totally unique. And as we mentioned earlier, and, and what you've described is the choices that we make. Everything about hospitality is the experience. 
I know for myself, uh, I search out those brands that offer a very immersive experiential stay. So anything that a hotel can do to provide that novelty factor, I think is really going to be a huge, huge advantage and differentiator. You know, we have uh, such an opportunity to immerse guests. We've spoken a lot about local, local culture, fill it with local art or these immersive tasting experiences to really understand the local cuisine and therefore the culture. As you know, you and I always enjoy talking to our colleagues in Japan. You know, we speak about wellness and the kinds of experiences like sand bathing and these kinds of unique experiences really make us yearn for traveling. And it's such a unique offering and very true to the culture. And I think this is this is something that we need to focus on. How can we include this as part of our design language and experience from start to finish? So are there any particular projects that we've done that you'd point to as being particularly inventive? Well, there are a few that I really, really love, and I think they're super inventive because these kinds of hotels are, are coming to the fore. And they're also looking at, um, you know, the changes in the generation and what appeals to different age sets. And, uh, you know, we know that the youngsters, where there's a huge demand for travel, and they are the ones that are most eager and adventurous, uh, we've created these hotels such as the Atari, where they've partnered with us to bring this iconic gaming brand to life. This is real experience-driven hospitality. The other one that I, that I think is really cool is the Nickelodeon Resorts because they've pioneered this latest school of architecture known as Kid Modern. I think these have got a very broad appeal. You know, there was a concern that it would be very niche, but they're very clean, they've got vibrant colors, and they're very playful, but they still maintain that sophisticated architectural language which appeals to all of us, you know, those, the millennials and the big kids like us as well. I was reading an article the other day about uh, how the pandemic has accelerated the adoption of digital technology. Has that been the case in the hospitality industry too? Well, of course, Gensler, you know, this is, is we're the leaders in this. And it's something that we are particularly interested in how we can integrate this into the hospitality industry. You know, smart technology we speak about often and it's really reshaping the way that we work and the way we use spaces and in, hotels are included in this. We see so many different aspects of remote food and beverage ordering, you know, booking, check-ins, and of course the focus on healthy and well-certified spaces. And this is where technology can really make enormous impact. Of course, they're the elements which have been around for a long time, you know, the touchless interfaces, which helps with the social distancing, very simple aspects like the illuminated room a numbering system or including things like braille room signage, voice activated, you know, all of these kinds of things, which I think are very discreet, inclusive and, and really interesting. But we're going to see technology reshaping hotels and our experiences in a far greater way than just these obvious elements. Yeah, it's amazing. I think I saw a, a video that was showing that you could check into your room using your smartphone. You could completely bypass the front desk and use your, your phone actually as your key. That's amazing. It is amazing. I think though that there's still a balance that we need to create because 
I still enjoy the human connection, meeting people, having conversations with them, but contactless technology is something that is definitely here to stay. And as Gensler, we're obviously very keen how we can use this technology ourselves. And it's a wonderful opportunity for the hotel operators to look at smart hotels, for example, and how they can become smarter. You know, we talk about um, sustainable cities, which is something that we're driving and it's at the forefront of everything that we do. But how can we address everything to do with sustainability and health? And how can we educate the guests on what impact the hotel is actually making on our environment? So, you know, some examples are monitors that show the air quality. And this is besides the very cool ideas, you know, where robotic staff are introduced and food uh, and beverage offerings where the preparation of the food is, is done by robots in response to COVID. My fear is that they could be a little bit gimmicky, but I think just experimenting with this has an opportunity to create other more meaningful impacts. But I don't believe they can really replace that human touch. So our role as designers and architects is to find that balance, you know, what makes a really unique experience with the human connection and the balance of technology where it matters most. Well, it's important you mentioned uh, the human touch. Um, You and I are working together on a leadership team for our Gensler region, dealing with um, greater, implementing greater diversity, equity, and inclusion practices. Is that uh, something that's impacting the uh, hospitality industry as well? Yes, and what an important point to actually raise and to embrace, because hospitality is about people. And there are so many people and activities that are really, you know, unseen. Now, if you think about the staff and what it takes to uh, create those experiences, it's so key to cater to the guests' different needs with the focus on, you know, the mindset, the authenticity, and to really embrace diversity across all aspects. So the back-of-house spaces where these staff work and where they spend the most extraordinary long hours. Because if you think about it, the hotels run 24-7. Much of what we enjoy and experience actually is because of these behind-the-scenes people. But it's really fabulous to see how many of the operators referring to these kinds of spaces as the heart of the hotel. I love that, you know, that they're focusing on the staff and they're making sure that the staff are really healthy and happy, and where they can really work and and feel better, because that's what we focus on, creating spaces that are for people. Well, they need to focus on those spaces because some of them can be pretty dreadful, Um, harsh lighting and rough materials. So it's great that they're spending time thinking about that. Um, What about work-life balance? You know, we talk about that, but is there a step beyond work-life balance as it relates to hospitality? Yes, we speak about this so much. And I think, you know, during this pandemic and working from home, that work-life balance has become very blurred. But uh, we obviously are looking at how we can embed these concepts of hospitality and into workplace and likewise workplace into hospitality. And so many groups have implemented this return to work now. So how do we welcome this and entertain this? And how can we collaborate with one another? Because this is really what we are looking forward to, this 
collaboration, connection, sharing ideas. And that's what in essence is driving tourism because people want to connect with people again and we want to do things in person. It's really important when we look at the spaces within the hospitality areas, how we can make these spaces really focused on human-centric design, which really connects with all the topics that we've spoken about earlier and how we as designers are, you know, just focusing on creating these kinds of spaces that are healthy and well. So we as designers are working all the time anyway, right? We're, we're always working. But would you say that we're trying to go beyond work-life balance to work-life integration? Yeah, work-life integration, I think um, that's such a great tagline that we should actually focus on and impact, make sure that all our decisions actually are with this at the forefront. For most of us, when we travel, we travel or choose to extend our stay. Um, and this is where, you know, this expression that, that you and I speak about often, leisure, because we really blend our work and leisure into one. And we essentially extend the stay because we want to become involved in the community that we see and, and try and understand a little bit more uh, about the places that we visit. So it does just become an extension. Well, I think it's always been good advice about life to enjoy the journey, right? We're seeing the trend to embed hospitality concepts in workplace and office spaces. You talked a little bit about that before, but can you go into a little bit more detail about what you're seeing? Well, in hospitality, you know, we, you and I have discussed often, we're seeing this real reinvention in people having to work in hospitality types of spaces because they feel like a home from home or, you know, they're more relaxed and people have enjoyed the freedom of being able to make a choice as to the type of work setting. This might be sitting on the sofa or in a cafe, watching people, it may be at a high table. And we know now that movement is so important for our well-being. So this choice of workspace is becoming a solution that has influenced how we see hospitality and workspace. So, you know, we're seeing this crossover between these, both groups are really taking inspiration from one another. We've seen our own teams looking at trying to find this balance and this concept of work-live-play is coming into play so much in all the spaces that we uh, are designing for different typologies. So with hospitality being integrated in a workspace, we're seeing a trend of trying to make the office spaces more comfortable and also maybe even more healthy for people, right? What about integrating health and well-being into, uh, into the hospitality uh, projects we're doing in our region, in the APME region? I think for the hospitality industry, we've seen such an increase in wellness tourism uh, and travel, you know, associated with this concept of either maintaining uh, our health, our personal well-being, you see two types of travelers, actually. You see the traveler who's just interested in maintaining, and then you see the tourist who's really interested in actually reinventing themselves. And again, when we speak to our Japanese uh, colleagues, wellness is so much a part of their lives, and we're really embracing that more and more. It's part of their lifestyle. You know, we see the hotels taking this on board and making it part of the experience. It's not just an add-on. So this is really a shift that's emerging. Definitely a shift that's emerging. And I think on, on the back of that wellness aspect, 
it's so connected with the concept of resilient design. You know, resilience and, and the health focus is a trend, and we're seeing this increased appetite for not only the improved wellness, but choice of space to really make a difference and make sure that we're choosing the types of brands that actually embrace this. So does that apply to people who are, are traveling for work and for leisure? Definitely, because when people are traveling for work, they want to be able to have access to the well-being spaces. So when they stay in hotels, you know, the primary reason for their um, visit might be purely business, but they want to make sure that they maintain their fitness and their health program. And I think this is really fundamental. So ultimately, when we're traveling, it comes down to the guest room. Uh, that's so important. What, what are we seeing are the recent impacts on the design of the guest room itself? Well, I'm really looking forward to actually staying in some of these guest rooms where they've uh, changed their approach to the guest room completely and integrated this concept of wellness. Uh, you know, all the things that we mentioned in, in well-being, where we focus on the temperature to make sure that the comfort levels are correct. Uh, making sure that we're breathing the healthiest air, acoustics, uh, lighting, sleep quality. We know now that this is really, really key to our, our health. But there are so many brands, for example, like the even hotel brands, where they offer travelers this holistic wellness experience for the duration of their stay. So they don't even need to leave their private space. Uh, so instead of the guests making a trip to the spa, they can actually use the gym equipment, yoga mats, or exercise programs within their rooms. I really like that concept. I think that's really exciting. I want to talk a little bit about air quality. You know, when my wife and I came a few years ago to Asia, we were aware of the air quality being challenging every so often. So we bought for our apartment an air purifier, and that ties to the internet, and I can get a readout on my phone of uh, the air quality inside our apartment. Lately, there's been a huge construction, road construction project outside of our apartment, and that has impacted the air quality in our, in our neighborhood. And so now when I open the door, the, uh, the reading on my phone goes wacko because of all this stuff that's coming in. Uh, so air quality is huge. What about air quality and healthy environments in hotels? Well, I feel for you because living in Dubai, we have an extraordinary amount of dust in the air. And, um, you know, if you look at the building, this is one of the aspects that is measured uh, because of the airborne particles. And we need to find a way to control these limits within our spaces. And hotels and operators are very aware of this now. In addition to the air filtration systems, we're starting to see, you know, the introduction of even wearable air purifiers and air purifying curtains to ensure that the air quality is the best that it possibly can be. I think this is where technology can come into play. It can inform the guests on what the air quality is like within the hotel. It gives them a level of comfort. And technology can play a great role in these disinfection robots. And I think, you know, that's really good use. There's even a, a big drive to introduce chemical-free cleaning to ensure that the air quality is maintained. It really, I think that actually changes everything about not only designing the MEP systems, but also how the uh, facilities managers are maintaining these hotels and communicating that back to the guests. So are you saying that personal well-being and environmental well-being are going hand-in-hand in, hand in terms of the hotel operations? 
Yes, our research institute has actually shown us that the hotel guests would always choose a venue or an operator or brand that actually has a very strong, sustainable policy. So I think this is really going to make an enormous difference to everything about design. So then what about sustainable design? Well, this is very close to all of our hearts, especially at Gensland. We have such a strong policy around this within our design. You know, we see the Gensler GC3 challenge, which is everything about how we create and design spaces. It's almost counterintuitive if you look at what we need to do as, as designers, because we, as part of the process of designing to meet the sustainability challenge, we need to focus on really building only what's required and right-sizing everything because this will actually achieve this carbon neutrality across all our projects within this decade. And I think it's not only our duty as designers, operators and developers, but it's something that is really, it's a fundamental and should be embraced and engaged as an absolute requirement. So sustainability design is one thing, but what about green hotel operations? Is that important too? Yes, the hotel operation aspect, it doesn't just stop with the design. Um, you know, the world has become so much more environmentally conscious and it's really starting to impact the traveler's choice, you know, as we mentioned. So we're seeing all of these different elements come into play. Green star ratings, for example, blue flags for our beaches. All of these things hold us as designers accountable. And the more we have developers and operators working and partnering with us to ensure that we design to these standards, the better it's going to be. And we'll have better products at the end. So Di, can you tell us about climate action leading to the rise in popularity of ecotourism? Well, given the talks that are currently underway and just raising awareness and Gensler's co-CEO, Diane Hoskins, leading these kinds of talks, we've seen such enormous havoc plagued with wildfires and natural disasters. So public awareness of the impact on lives and the danger of climate crisis is just so much higher than ever before. So our focus needs to just turn to this and preserving this fragile ecotourism that we have. So I've heard a little bit about Bulgari hotels and resorts and some interesting things that they're doing. What can you tell us about their initiatives? Yes, how encouraging it is to see this along with other operators because they've become so passionately dedicated to taking care of the planet and adhering to the highest standards of sustainability so there's this multi-layered approach that covers the three areas of ecological, financial, and social well-being. And these are really great measures to reduce the footprint. It's not only limited to the plastic-free amenities, but they're looking at things like biodegradable key cards, all types of energy-saving features within the design, and everything about sustainably sourced design and no endangered fish on the menus, looking at ongoing beach and desert cleanup efforts, and really giving back to the community. I think so much of that is really important. Even within the Middle East region, the Ras al Khaimah development, they've committed to having a fully carbon neutral by the coming decade, which I think is so commendable. 
So at this point, I'm interested in being any kind of tourist, but I understand that you're particularly interested in being an ecotourist yourself. What, what more can you tell me about that? Well, ecotourism is really growing. And if, if you look at the beautiful and very fragile biodiversity we have within uh, the region, you know, there's so much awareness about the negative impact that tourism can really have on our natural environment. You know, we see the loss of so much biodiversity and all the elements that climate change are, are having. You know, scientists have blamed this not only on the tourism industry, but on the traveling consumers. So we have a responsibility here. So I would always choose to travel somewhere where I can give back or where they are doing something that is encouraging reclamation or restoration. And I think this is something that is making people so eco-conscious aware. We can become part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Well, it makes total sense and I, I'm sure we'd want to be. So how are the solutions being dealt with? How are they being generated? Who's involved in that process? Well, if we look at the emissions of the greenhouse gases, which is really one of the main causes for global warming, Accelerating climate change in, in tourism is really one of the key factors for us to look at this from a resiliency point of view. So what can we do as architects and designers to take every aspect of this on and really look at how we can design so that we can impact the built environment in a positive way? And I think this is our role. This is the role that Gens is playing. So would you say that the ecotourism sector and especially the hospitality part of ecotourism, is vulnerable itself to climate change? You know, now we understand what the impact is. So it gives us an opportunity to look at how we're creating, you know, these kinds of um, spaces and in particular the materials that we are looking at. So the embodied carbon in absolutely every element, not only from the architectural point of view, but the spaces that we occupy. You know, this is something that we can really influence and shift and change. So it's crucial that we take this on board. Uh, our office in Singapore is uh, is going to move, Di, and um, we're designing new office space for ourselves. What advice can you give to our team who's working on the uh, new office space design for Gensler? Well, that's exciting. We had such an interesting talk in our office where a team had come in and they had spoken about what it's like for us to go back to the workplace. and what will this uh, impact when we travel? Uh, it was such an interesting conversation because we recognize that the reason for us coming back into the office is about connections. And they use the term relationship building. I really love that phrase of not being a place to work, but actually coming back to build on the relationship. So I think this is one of the most important aspects that we could focus on when we're creating our spaces everything connected with relationship, not only the relationship with one another, but our relationship with space, our relationship with wellness and health. And that actually, if you take that as the tagline for the brief of creating spaces, it completely gives us a different outlook and mindset, creating something that how can every element that we're designing foster relationships. So it sounds like what you're suggesting is creating a social space right at the heart of the office. Is that right? Is How do you do that? Well, when I think about social spaces, you know, looking at the spaces that we've created, Citizen M, the reception space is not a reception space. It's actually a lounge. 
And there's a lot of different choices, places where you can relax, read a magazine, or have a quiet spot where you can open your laptop and work privately, or you can be in earshot of other conversations. And we learn so much by just overhearing these conversations. We also learn by socializing. You know, at the heart, we're social people. So why not create a space which is actually that? It's more of a social space where we can have great conversations. I think the key thing is flexibility. And that's why people have chosen hotel spaces often to work in, because we really uh, enjoy that opportunity of choosing the kinds of cool spaces, creative spaces to work in. And I think this has influenced our, our workplace as well. So we're doing some um, special work for EMAR now in the Middle East. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, EMAR are really very forward thinking. And um, it's really been a great process because obviously they've looked at their own workspace. They've looked at their headquarters where they've chosen to be in a space where they've been surrounded by a lot of greenery. And, you know, we know that views and sight of any kind of biophilia uh, really makes an enormous difference to our mood and that feeling of we are actually humans connecting with humans. You know, we've got an opportunity to collaborate uh, whenever you need to. And I think this has driven their offering and their products in the marketplace when they're looking at all of their other developments that they're looking at, whether they're retail spaces, uh, where they are also integrating that slight hospitality touch within retail. Their branded residences or their hotel offerings have become very much more tangible and that home from home, again, connected with nature, surrounded by green. It's been a really interesting exercise working with developers where they've recognized the need to actually pivot and change and create these very connected, soft, less decorated kinds of spaces, just focusing on this blurred lifestyle that we are now experiencing. Well, Di, uh, thank you. I've, I've really um, enjoyed hearing about the future of hospitality design and, and a lot of your innovative ideas. Anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Well, I think it's an opportunity to see real uh, progression, to see reinvention, and um, how our Gensler Institute can really provide information to us to bring about this kind of change. Di, I really appreciate your time today. I've been talking with Diane Thorson, who's Regional Practice Area Leader for Hospitality in Gensler's Asia Pacific and Middle East region. I'm David Calkins. Thank you very much, and we'll see you on the next podcast.